Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The Turnertown Beauty. Turnertown, Texas is located at the intersection of State Highways 42 and 64, 10 miles west of Henderson in Russ County. The town site of Turnertown was platted and lots were sold by the Turner brothers, Horace and Bogger, who were Henderson landowners. Turnertown experienced a big business and people boom after vast oil fields were discovered in the 1930s. In 1936, the town boasted a population of 1,525 businesses, but by the early 1940s, the population had dropped to 350. During and through the 40s and 50s, the town still had three churches, several oil field supply houses, machine shops, and a dozen stores. By the mid-1960s, Turnertown reported 150 residents, and by the late 1960s, there were only 76. Beginning in the late 1960s, or early 70s, because of population decline, Turnertown began receiving its mail and city services via nearby Selman City. Yes, sir. My name is Carl Pickler, and I haul freight for a living, mostly chicken and poultry. And I, I, I done heard, I have heard about the, the young girl that, that was killed. They call her Sloppa Jane, or the, the Crush Clementine, or, or my, my son colloquially calls him Rockasand. Very, very hilarious young man. Uh, yeah, it was a very unfortunate accident. They never, they never identified the girl. They never found the man. Folks around here started calling McNeil Creek, they started calling it McNeil Creep or McFear Creek or McFear Creek. And uh, it was a pretty foggy night on my encounter. And on foggy nights, it takes it takes a lot of the old Java juice to keep me going. And because of that, I have to make pit stops pretty often. You know what I'm talking about. I was in the middle of a run from Hot Springs down to Houston with a load of young friars. Well, you have to get off I-30 at Texar- Texarkana. And go through Longview, which eventually connect you to 45 that you follow into Houston. Well, right around Turner Town, there's a little gas station called Bunnies that I stop at when coming through to relieve myself and fill up the thermos for the rest of the way. Well, that night I go there, and the place was closed. Apparently it was Bunny's birthday or something. Happy birthday, Bunny. She's been serving us for a really long time. We love, we love our Bunny. Thank you, Bunny. I had to go real bad. And... The rest of the city, by that time, is no pun intended, a ghost town. 
So I, got, I go back to my truck and headed, I head out to a flat spot so no one could see me from the road to do my business. I pull off 42 and kind of push into the brush a bit to hide my deed. I go out of the truck and go around to the back. Now if you know anything about those parks, there's a couple cricks around there. And that water sound always helps me go. So there I am doing my business when up comes a young girl out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Now I'm a gentleman. My mother raised me right, so I hid my shame real quick. And asked her if she was lost. I mean, you don't see girls wandering around the middle of the night out by a creek. I called her. I called to her a couple times before she finally turned around. And and brother, when she did, oh man, it's it's hard. <clears throat> it's hard for me to even talk about it. She had this she had this big gash on her forehead. It was bloody all over her face. I kind of jumped a little, but my got my composure together and ran over to see if I could help. And that's when it got real weird. She just disappeared she just vanished she left and then into thin air i mean she was there one second and then she wasn't weirdest damn thing i ever saw for me that was the, the last time i ever went to turn town i take care of my business beforehand and i call bunny to make sure she's gonna be there i i am not looking forward i am never doing something like that again i later found out that they do call her the turner town beauty which is kind of, it's kind of ironic in a way. Sometime in the booming 30s, there lived a plain girl of indiscriminate age who was the youngest of seven sisters. Being the baby of the family meant she was always called upon to do the daily chores of washing, sewing, and cleaning. Her sisters were all a few years older than her and very popular among suitors in and around Russ County. The young girl was often left behind when the sisters would go to town or out on dates with boys from the surrounding areas. They would stay out very late, returning inebriated or with a new boy and pass out in the small shotgun house leaving a mess for the youngest to clean up the next day when they went out and did it again. The father of the girls was an oil field worker, a hard-working roughneck taking advantage of the new oil deposits recently discovered. He worked in the rough-and-tumble oil fields for long stretches, leaving all of his children alone for weeks on end. When he finally did come home, he was often drunk, tired, and very angry from the excruciatingly hard work. He would stay drunk most of the time he was home, and often became very abusive to the youngest daughter because she was the only other body in the house. The mother of the girls passed giving birth to the youngest daughter, and this was always a starting point for abuse with the father. He would often blame her for taking his wife away from him by being too hard to birth before slapping her around and finally passing out. Yeah, um, me and the boy were uh, out on the banks of McNeil Creek. We, uh, we go out there a couple times a month. We go fishing, mostly perch. There's not a whole heck of a lot in that creek, but it gives us some time together. Um, we live over in Russ County. Uh, anyway, we were on the shore, we were fishing together, and uh, boy looks across the creek and he says, uh, what is that, Daddy? And I looked over and I thought, well, I don't, I don't know what the hell that is. But it don't seem natural because it was kind of it was kind of floating above the, the grass 
you know, that grass gets out of control around the creek. Uh, it was floating up above that. I didn't want the boy to know I was really scared, but hell, I'd never seen anything like that. Uh, I got my, my flip phone out, took a picture. It's not the best phone in the world, but it takes pictures. And, uh, well, you can, you can see what the photo looks like. It, it was just this pipe thing. Um, sometimes it looked like a, beef, a person. Sometimes it looked like uh, nothing. I, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. I, took the picture, I looked over at the boy, he was scared, um, and so I tried to calm him down, we looked back over and it was just gone, uh, I don't know what it was, but I do know I've heard stories before, uh, Jimmy, down at the, well, I don't mean his name, but Jimmy down at the, uh, down at the store, he said, he said he saw something like that one time, but nobody leaves Jimmy about anything, so I don't know. Maybe he was telling the truth. I know what happened out there, but I figured it was just stories, but I don't know now. As she slaved away each day, the girl dreamed of a better life and would often lose herself to daydreaming. Because of this, the sisters and father thought her to be simple and would call her names and belittle her. They would say things like, you'll never be anything. You're too plain to have a husband, and you're the reason mother is not here. The girl was said to keep to herself, even when there was no one else around, because she was ashamed and felt as though no one would accept her. Before the term agoraphobic existed, she was called a homebody by most everyone in town. When concerned neighbors would try and check on her, she would answer the door with half her face hidden and speak in short staccato sentences. She would say things like, everything is fine, I have work to do, please don't concern yourself and you'll wake my father. She would tell the party to leave fairly abruptly because of the fear someone would spot her talking to anyone and punish her both verbally and physically. Everyone in the area knew of her father's temper. He had been thrown out of most establishments in Turnertown and the surrounding areas because of his abusive, drunken tirades at no one and everyone. At a certain point, because this was so prevalent, the neighbors and shop owners stopped speaking up, considering the whole family a lost cause. This caused the torment to continue for years and years, leaving an already scarred young woman to fend for herself. Oof, eh? Mr. Anderson came to me with a photo of a blur. I could tell immediately he had a tragic past. Here I saw in my mind's eye a dirty Utsi. Oh, yes. Oh, hold on. I'm trying to see where it is. Oh, this creek. Oh, in between McNeil Creek. Has seen some death over the years. Yes, 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 yes. There is pentagrams. Oh, one moment I must pray to Yahweh. Oh, these itches killed a lot of women and practice in Slayman City and Turner Town. <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. 
Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When I looked at the picture, I could feel a young woman very tormented even. He wanted everybody to know what happened. But... My vision got fuzzy. Oh, I see a man. He is coming near her with a rock. He hit her several times. The only thing that I felt for the young Chiksa, he never knew love. And is desperately searching for something. Now, go away. I have more customers to tend to. Late one day in the summer of 1939, alone again as usual, the girl was completing her chores for the day when a knock came at the door. It had been some time since anyone had checked on her, so she thought it to be another traveling salesman or someone new from the church. The girl sheepishly opened the door, only to reveal a small part of her face. She began by saying, We don't want any, when she was interrupted. The man standing on the other side of the door was the most handsome young thing the girl had ever witnessed. He was exactly her vision of the man who would come and finally take her away from her personal hell. The man told the tale of his car overheating and asked for some water. Completely out of character, but thinking only of escaping her existence, the girl opened the door fully to better see the full visage of her own personal savior. When she did, the man gasped aloud and spoke of the hot summer sun, calling the girl the most beautiful thing he had ever laid eyes on. The girl was taken aback, having never heard anyone refer to her as even remotely pretty. She was struck at how similar this was to her daydreams and felt her knees go weak. The next thing she knew, she was waking up in a strange place. It was the inside of the man's car, and it was moving. Still disoriented and stunned by what had happened, she jerked to the start. The man placed his hand on hers and told her she had been cooped up in the house too long and thought she could use a breath of fresh air and some shade. Still unsure as to what was happening, the girl asked where they were headed and the man's name. The man replied with a generic but friendly enough sounding name and said they were headed to the creek for a brief respite from the sweltering heat. He added that he hoped she was alright with his impulsive actions and that her husband didn't get the wrong idea when he returned for almost certainly getting such a beautiful girl flowers that would pale in comparison to her. The girl responded to him by saying that she did not have a husband and had never been asked to be anyone's girl or wife. To this, the man bristled and told her that the world was a troubling place and the beauty such as herself had never been so much as courted for marriage by every man within a thousand miles. This went on for some time as they drove slowly to the near creek for shade and a cool down. When they arrived, the man assisted in opening the girl's door and helping her through the tall grass on the shore by laying down his coat for the girl to walk on. 
Feeling like this was still a dream, the girl once again became lightheaded and almost lost consciousness. The man caught her as she buckled and picked her up, carrying her to the shoreline where he laid her down on a blanket that was already there. The following audio is a found footage recording. The recording device was recently discovered near a creek in Turner Town, Texas, a small town known for its rumored paranormal sightings. Hey, you, buddy, over here. Yeah, you the guy trying to go out to the creek next town over? Yeah, heading that way myself. Hop on in. McManor, Sheriff McManor, if you will. Welcome to Seminole City. Let me guess, your reporter, the documentary maker. No, don't tell me I got it. Podcaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old girl gets a few extra hits on Google. Your kind comes crawling out the woodwork. Everyone trying to be the next Woodward and Bernstein. Next. Paul Harvey, trying to tell the rest of the story. Yeah, that reference. Probably way before you and your listeners' time, ain't it? <laughs> Am I right? God forsaken sight. Doesn't nothing but waste people's time and money. You see Turner Town? It ain't a very big city. Hell, it's barely a little town. Nothing really to do out here besides a little fishing, a lot of drinking. Sure as hell ain't able to afford its own sheriff's department. Some of the city sheriff's department covers them. Plus a few other specs on the map out here. Some... Tom Digger Harris sees the old ghost girl. We gotta go and check it out. Every time someone swerves their car into the ditch out there, claiming they saw some kind of ghost, we gotta go check it out. You know what I find scariest about that old gal? Being I ain't ever seen it myself. Tax dollars. The amount of tax dollars spent to investigate these alleged sightings. Sheriff's Department called out to the scene, tax dollars. Managing the drunk tank filled with those doing the alleged sightings, tax dollars. Pulling a car off the creek itself, tax dollars. <laughs> Don't even count for the airy teens who catch out there every year. Young and dumb, you know what I mean? They swipe some hooch from the daddy's liquor cabinet. Maybe they got a bit of that Mary Jane. Yeah, you look like you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, they think they tell some scared of cat stories, gonna get their lady friends to give up the goods. <laughs> Maybe they spend some time noticing the mud along the creek and their car wouldn't get stuck. My team wouldn't get called to pull them out. Tax dollars. that whole thing. Sorry, sorry, I, I get to rambling. You ain't here for politics or government finances, now is you? What exactly are you here for? Snap some pictures of the creek. A little 
uh, a Vine video or whatever the kids are doing these days. Not like you're on the interview with Turnertown Beauty. Hell, you ain't gonna find anyone related to her either to give you some kind of scoop. They all left a year or two after she was, she was, well, you know, you know. Anyhow, here we are, Turnertown Creek, home of the world famous Turnertown Beauty. Go ahead, hop on out. Feel free to walk around. Get your Instagram selfie or your YouTube on. Ah, ah. Leave your record in your bag here. Don't worry about it. I want you slipping, falling in the creek and losing your material. Alright, have fun now. Have be careful. Freaking morons. I wish they'd just leave our little town alone. Podcast. Records show a Sheriff Jefferson McManor for Selma City. However, Sheriff McManor disappeared 10 years ago after rumors swirled about his potential involvement in a string of missing person cases in the Turnertown area. Multiple people are still reported missing each year in the Turnertown and Selma City area. Jefferson McManor is still at large. Not noticing her surroundings, the girl finally felt safe and wanted this day to go on forever. The man told the girl of her beauty and how the world didn't appreciate beautiful things. He began to speak of the horrors he had seen over the years and how man was an ugly, ugly species. He told the girl things like the world can't appreciate her inner and outer beauty, so they mocked her. How her family didn't deserve such a beautiful, delicate flower and that one day they would understand, but it would be too late. The girl had no words for the man being unsteady at best in her new surroundings. Such a cataclysmic change to her world had caused her to be confused and unsteady. As she struggled to come to her senses, she began to notice the blanket, what looked to be fresh bloodstains on the grass, and the way the man began to change. He had begun to look at her differently, almost like he was becoming angry at her. He rambled on about how this place was a nasty pit of despair and they would all pay for their sins. Becoming increasingly afraid, the girl told the man her father would be home soon and she needed to be there. She began to get up off the blanket when the man grabbed her by her arm and started pulling her down. They struggled for position, but the man being much stronger got her down on her back and straddled her chest, holding down her arms with his knees. He was noticeably angry at this point, sweating and panting profusely as he held her down against her will. He stared through the girl for what felt like forever, becoming more and more enraged and speaking in unintelligible sentences that trailed off into the late summer wind. Finally, speaking in a low growl, the man told the girl that the world does not deserve beautiful things and that everything beautiful must be destroyed. The man began chanting in what sounded like a very old language and rocking back and forth on top of the girl. He raised a large rock that was covered in crimson stains, and as the girl screamed, he began to smash her in the head. The scream stopped at the very first blow. He pummeled the now lifeless girl over and over until there was almost nothing left of her face. Not much more is known about the man, but accounts of the girl roaming the banks of McNeil Creek persist to this day. Turnertown is almost deserted and has become a shell of the once vibrant oil town of the 1930s and 40s. However, people from all over flock to the shores of McNeil Creek hoping to get a glimpse of the Turnertown beauty as she continues to search for a better life.
This episode of True Urban Legends featured Mike, Linda, Keith, and Jimmy. Music by Fishhands. Check him out on bandcamp.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. 